Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Dave Prentice, Adam Jones, and Sam Carroll. As we chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. And once again, this will be our live on Facebook, but you can still access the podcast through your usual channels. On the agenda today, mainly we will reflect on another win in pre-season for Everton. 1-0 win on Wednesday night into Thursday morning, so we'll assess that. We'll look at the winners and losers so far from the summer schedule. Who's impressing Rafa and who has work to do? We'll talk about Moyes Keane. Of course, Rafa sending Moyes a message after his goal-scoring exploits in the week. And transfers just over a month until the window shuts. Where are Everton at? Who's staying? Who's going? And what needs to come in before the window shuts? Uh, but we will start with uh, midweek. Adam, you were watching it along with me. Another win. Uh, Moyes Keane scoring the only goal. Um, give us generally your thoughts on, on the performance. Was it... Another valuable workout, or, or, or any any room for concern with what you saw? Yeah, I don't think there was any room for concern at all. I think, yeah, I think you're quite right. It was a valuable workout, especially when you consider Pumas have already started their league season. They played a league game the Sunday before, drawing nil nil. I think it was. Uh, so you know they they're probably well ahead of their schedule in terms of where we are. Uh, so I thought it was a it was another really good valuable workout, and I think. You know, they played some nice football uh, in patches in that game. I think in the first half, you know, Demardi Gray was obviously the one who caught the eye. I thought Wobie had a nice couple of moments whenever he got himself on the ball. I thought Moise Keane looked pretty sharp. You know, he probably should have done better with the goal that he actually scored, weirdly enough. I think he probably should have scored that one first time. Uh, he should have won a penalty with that acrobatic effort that uh, hit, hit the defender's hand. You know, who knows whether that would have been going in. Now, so we had a couple of opportunities there, which I thought uh, was impressive to see. And then in the second half, as you quite rightly said in your analysis, I thought Everton's midfield three in particular looked uh, looked pretty solid. Alan, uh, Decore, and Gabamon all coming on at half time, and I thought they they really impressed me, especially Gabamon, because I wasn't expecting him to be one of those box to box sort of midfielders. I was expecting him to maybe sit back and Alan would be the box to box, but it was. It wasn't really that way at all. And Gabamon actually quite impressed me with some of his passing and interchange around the uh, around the penalty area. So, you know, there were, there were a couple of really bright sparks. I mean, it, it, it's all about fitness, isn't it, in pre-season? And I thought, you know, the main thing is that they got a good workout. And I'm not expecting, you know, brilliant football at this stage of pre-season, to be honest. Uh, so I was, I was a little bit pleasantly surprised by some of the nice football that was played, but... Yeah, the main the main thing is that it was a solid workout in you know pretty pretty horrendous weather conditions again you know twenty seven degrees but it it looked humid so uh, it wouldn't have been nice for the players I'm sure they I'm sure they'll, like they'll be happy to get back playing to this weather but, yeah well. playing playing in some UK <laughs> weather uh, over the next couple of weeks but 
yeah, I thought I thought it was worthwhile certainly. Sam, what we've what what we've seen so far from um, from Rafa's Everton, um, could you predict what you or what do you think? How do you think he'll line up in the first day in terms of formation? Do you think he'll do four two three one? We saw a bit of a four three three on on Wednesday night. What, what what's your hunch saying? I think it could be similar to. I think maybe one of the reasons why Everton ends up going for Benitez was that you know there is parallels between him and Carlo and and. You know, as we've seen at times last season, probably most notably in the Anfield derby, you know, we, we, we used two or three formations in that match, didn't we, quite quite fluidly. And I think in modern football now, a 4-2-3-1 is not always too dissimilar to a 4-3-3 to a if the, you know, if the number 10 kind of tucks in, either in possession or out of possession, and, and the two wingers push forward. So, yeah, I would say with the personnel we currently have, with Hammers, I would say... Try the four two three one and and say to Hammers, you know, you're just in, just go where you want, just get on that ball and make what you can. But as we've spoken about on the last couple of podcasts, you, you don't know whether he'll still be in the team come the first day of the season or come the end of the transfer window. So it's probably going to hinge on on that personnel, isn't it, and who we could get in. Um, but I think it was quite exciting. It was good to see uh, Damari Gray get a uh, get an assist as well, wasn't it, with, with a, a brilliant through ball. I don't think he had a it wasn't all the way through the game, but it, the the lads definitely got something. And you know, I, I do think from the early signs, it looks like him and Andros Townsend could be really shrewd acquisitions. And it's funny, really, isn't it? You know, Everton get linked with players every day of the year, pretty much, but no one's seen them two times coming, and it could end up being really, really, uh, really useful. So, yeah, I think also you've got to think we haven't seen them so far, but Richarlison absolutely on fire in the Olympics and a big season for him now. I think I'd like to see him back out on the left, cutting inside, getting the players, getting a smile back on his face and and linking up with Calvert-Lewin again, you know, even if it's a case of playing him out on the left, but telling them to kind of stay narrow. And, you know, Luca Dean can obviously provide the, the width around him. So, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty back to basics, isn't it? You know, it, it's been a, a classic Everton formation for the last maybe 10 years or so, the 4 2 3 one, but, one that now, as Adam's pointing out with Jabam, and one one that I think could could definitely work, but it, it leaves questions at this point in the squad. You know that leaves a central midfielder missing out, that leaves a def- one or two defenders missing out. So uh, I think the next couple of friendlies, especially the Man United game, in which you'd expect Rafa to maybe name a team with one eye on the first game, and then ultimately Southampton the opening day, going to uh, answer a lot of questions for us. Sam neatly brings us on to what I was going to ask you in terms of, you know, traditionally that final preseason game, the starting eleven, you know, typically gives us a very good idea of how the manager is going to line up the opening game of the league season. Do you, in your mind, have you know, based on the players that are, are currently available, plus uh, the return of obviously Pickford, Calvert Lewin, and Mina uh, to training on Monday? With all that in mind, do you have? an idea of what you think and how you think Benitez will go on the first day of the season? I don't think we do at the moment, no, because it has been such a, a truncated pre-season. I mean, uh, very similar to last season, you know, so we only had two friendlies uh, before we got pitched straight into it and you worry about the uh, side being maybe a little bit undercooked when that happens. Quite the opposite happened, you know, so they hit the ground running and absolutely made a flying start. So, you know, could the same happen again? We don't know. Much depends on, you know, so Calvert-Lewin, how, you know, sort of match sharp he can be. 
in the space of what two weeks I and mean, with literally like one game under his belt Richarlison probably won't be involved you know so you know from the, the opening game so you know we'll have to uh, organize without him but no I've, I've enjoyed what I've seen so far I mean I know it has only been two matches uh, and it, it takes a lot longer for a manager to get his ideas and his, uh, his thought processes across uh, but it's been quite slick the football it's been quite inventive you know it's uh it's, it's been good to watch and as I said you know so on our previous pod the most important thing is all three new signings have made a big impact and seem to have settled in very, very quickly and have added something to the squad that isn't already there in terms of like pace in the wide areas. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of positives already. Goodbye, I mean, I don't want to use that old, uh, you know, sort of cliche like a new signing. Uh, but, you know, he does. He's a kind of player that, you know, we weren't expecting to see. Was it Adam said before about him being box to box? I mean, like the very, very fleeting occasions that we saw him before he got injured, he was totally a holding midfielder who just like, you know, sort of, you know, ran from side to side across mm-hmm. the pitch and, and protected his back four. And we saw something very different from him uh, in, in the other two games. So that's quite reassuring as well. It gives like a completely different option. So, you know, Rafa is a great poker player, you know, so we won't know exactly what's uh, in his mind until, you know, so the opening day. Uh, but there's a few little clues here and there. I think we can safely say Damari Gray and, you know, Townsend will be involved. Uh, and it, it's quite heartening. I don't know how good the Mexican side were. I mean, I know Adam says they've uh, actually started their season, so they match sharp. But I don't know quite how good they are in terms of quality. I thought the Colombian team actually looked better in terms of quality. Maybe that was because, you know, it was Everson's first game. You know, but all in all, you know, so positives to be had, you know, so right across the board, even to the extent of Joe Virginia, you know, so building on the promise that he showed in that, you know, performance against Man City last season, uh, making two or three really bright saves when needed. So, yeah, all in all, it's been pretty good so far. It's not often we can say that about pre-season, is it? You know, so <laughs> we, we get positives. I mean, this time last year, we were 3-0 down to Blackpool. <laughs> Again, I was going to say, yeah, we were... <laughs> Everybody was looking at each other nervously after about 20 minutes, weren't they, at Blueville Road? And uh, Carlo didn't look a particularly happy man. But uh, uh, just a message in there from uh, Drew. 4-3-3 works if Gabani stays fit. Big if, of course, with width from the full-backs and three centre-forwards up top. Adam, it is that kind of cautious, very cautious optimism at the moment with Gabamin, isn't it? Because understandably, as Drew will obviously, Drew's feelings will be shared by Many, if not all, Evertonians about Gabam. I and it's that kind of if he stays fit because of obviously the horrific injury record that he's had. Um, but he has looked good, hasn't he? I mean, and we can't and we shouldn't shy away from that. He has looked stronger and stronger as they've gone on. And, you know, he's carrying the ball well. And as, you know, as we've said, doing things that perhaps we didn't know in his locker. But then equally, we've barely seen him play. So I think everything mm. that he produces is, is a surprise in that respect. Oh, certainly. And I think it's just about managing him right now, isn't it? I think maybe in a in a weird sort of way, his return from injury came at exactly the right time because he's essentially been back in some sort of pre-season training a couple of weeks before he came back with the squad. You know, we saw him on social media. He was posting with a personal trainer inside the gym, making sure, making sure he was he was properly conditioned. And then he was on a pitch as well, doing doing little drills by himself. So Maybe that just gave him, you know, the kickstart that he needed to come back into preseason and just slot back into the fold. And you know, I think he has been managed quite well. You know, obviously we all seen him score against uh, Blackburn, which you know will have been really, really good for you know his his sort of confidence, I suppose, and his belief uh, coming back into preseason. And then you know, we I was maybe a little bit surprised that he didn't start against Milanarios, but again, it's it was about managing him, I suppose. He got half an hour in that, that game progressed to 45 minutes in the game against Pumas. So 
know, if we can maybe see another little bit of progression, maybe he starts against Manchester United, maybe maybe he gets an hour, or maybe he only plays 45 minutes again, considering it's going to be, you know, a much tougher opponent than, than Pumas. But, you know, it's it's all about making those you know, incremental sort of progressions with him, isn't it? And, you know, as you say, if we keep if we keep seeing these, you know, sort of impressive spells from him, then, you know, hopefully when he is fully fit, he'll be able to, produced this week on week for Everton. And this is exactly what we wanted to see from him, wasn't it? You know, we signed him as, you know, a really exciting 23-year-old from the Bundesliga who'd, you know, impressed impressed for years for Mainz. So, you know, maybe over the last couple of years, just because of the injuries, people have let that that fact maybe slip to the back of their minds somewhat. You know, he's, he's still a really, really talented footballer. He's versatile. He can play midfield or at centre-back, of course. You know, it looks like he's got all of the physical attributes that he would need to be a success in the Premier League. So, you know, it's all it's all about just managing them properly now. So he's actually going to be able to show it uh, for a, a you know, consistent and extended period of time. So, yeah, I think you've got to be cautiously optimistic, but I think you know, being optimistic is absolutely the right thing for it because, you know, regardless of the opposition and regardless of the fact that it's pre-season, he actually has looked quite good and <laughs> for the fleeting times that we've actually managed to see him over the last two years, you know, this is probably the most consistent we've actually been able to watch him. So I think you know, it's it's right that we make judgments on him here, to be honest, because we, we've got really nothing else to base it on, have we? The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Drew has just added to his point saying the point is you could play a front three of Richardson, Calvert-Lewin and Keane. Sam, so that brings us neatly on to, on to Moyes. Um, scored the goal uh, on Wednesday night. Um, his, his confidence seemed to visibly grow once he, he'd scored. Um, look, if he stays, and we all know that he wants to leave, but we all understand Everton's stance. They don't want to loan him. They're prepared to sell him. If PSG come in with the right offer, they will sell him. But if not, he stays. So if he stays... Do you see him being able to to work his way into the plans with Rafa? Do you do you agree with Drew that that Rafa could play a front three with him him, him involved in that? At this stage, there is there is a space, isn't it? But it, it's so it's so difficult as well because you know if Calvert Lewin continues his form from last season, and there's no reason to expect that he won't, especially now you know that we're we're adding players to the team who you know like playing Townsend, who, who love putting balls into the box. You know, hopefully we, we get that attacking right full-back who can even grow that even more and link up with Luca Dean on the opposite side. You know, that does only leave two spaces in a, in a front three if, if that's what we were going to do. Um, un, unless kind of we, we, we went to a 4-4-2. But, you know, he's, he's a striker. He, he'd get chances, wouldn't he? He might have to be patient at the start of the season, but... You know, if you can play well enough, there's always an opportunity to try and get yourself in, into that team. You know, look at what Calvert Lewin has gone through at Everton. You know, as we said on the last podcast, you know, 18 months, two years ago, if, if people would have been suggesting Calvert Lewin would be 
scoring 15, 20 goals in a season and, and getting himself in the England squad. I think there would have been a, a, a certain section of fans who would have uh, laughed at you and, and that kind of ends up coming to fruition. So I think there is a chance because he's talented. You know, he, he's, he's an obvious talent and a player who can uh, get goals. But I don't know. I think we're going to have to see... Um, we're going to have to see how it all pans out. I, I still seriously doubt that he'll, he'll be at Evan at the end of the transfer window, but there is a part of me that, that would like to see him. And imagine if this time in 12 months we are seeing uh, him and Calvert-Lewin getting 20 goals each this season and, and helping push us up the table. Prino, what, what did you make of Rafa's comments about Moise Keane after the game? He, um, he, he basically was saying, look, when the season starts and you're not in the team because Calvert-Lewin will probably start, don't throw your toys out the pram if a move to PSG hasn't happened. The best way you get in that move is to get your head down <clears throat> and score goals. Um, do you think Moise Keane will listen to that? Well, judging on his previous, uh, you know, sort of demeanour, maybe not. Um, I think if the manager was just sending out a, a, not even a coded message, you know, so sending out a fairly blunt message to him, you know, so that's the way you're going to have to operate. I mean, it sounds like I'm, I'm, harsh on the lad and I'm down on him but I see lots of qualities in terms of pace and in terms of you know so explosiveness but loads of rough edges as well you know giving away possession cheaply and making you know so not particularly clever runs and I noticed that I thought it was a bit harsh actually on social media where he seemed to be getting slaughtered for not actually finishing the uh, the first chance straight off I think even the Everton you know commentary team who were out in Florida uh, made that point as well which I thought was a little bit harsh. It reminds me a lot of the Gary Lineker goal in the 86 Cup final, you know, where he uh, hit the keeper and managed to scramble the rebound home. And, you know, if you're uh, drawing parallels with one of the greatest goal scorers of, you know, sort of the English generation, <laughs> you're not doing too badly. Um, no, there's a lot, a lot of rough edges uh, to be to be rounded off with, with Moyes Keane. Uh, I think he sparkled in the French League because the French League, you know, there are a lot more lesser teams in that division, if you like, you know, so that you can you can impress against, be a flat track bully, if you like. And I want to see more in his all-round game, uh, you know, to, to to warrant playing as one of a front three. A 4-3-3 system with those three up top is very bold. You know, it, it means there's an awful lot of defensive responsibility placed on the two wide players. Now, Richarlison, we know can do that. We know he works, you know, so relentlessly backwards and forwards. Even Calvert-Lewin, Moise Keane, I'm not so sure, less, less so. Uh, it's quite exciting, and I love Sam's optimism. Twenty goals a season each next season, yeah, <laughs> that, that'd be great. But I, I want to see a lot more from um, from Moise Keane to actually, you know, sort of justify that. Uh, I don't know. The jury is still very, very much out as far as I'm concerned. I'd love to see it work for him. I'd love to see him become this like explosive, exciting young talent that you know sort of suddenly develops. And you know, fair comment from the other lads who talked about Calvert Lewin. You know, sort of similar age. You know, so was maybe struggling to impress us as much. Uh, and Lewis Keane does have, you know, raw attributes there. Like I say, his pace is, you know, wonderful. Uh, and he can finish, you know, so some of his finishing has been decent. Uh, although the first game he missed a sitter, didn't he? I don't know. I'm, I'm still far from convinced by him. I'm trying to be nice. Come on. <laughs> no, uh, not for me. Not for me. It, it's funny talking about Keane and Jabama, isn't it? Because I can still dead vividly remember the day I don't think we I think we signed them two pretty close together didn't we in, yeah, in the summer of 2019 it was around the Bremen trip because I remember legging it through Bremen airport <laughs> trying to get trying to get some Wi-Fi so that I could send the piece over saying we'd sign Gabon and, <laughs> and it, it's just mad isn't it that in that time in, in this two years the if you count Ferguson as well they've had 
three managers and managed what in an Everton shirt, probably 20, 25 games between them, and most of them coming in Moist Keane's first season. Obviously, Japan's only got three under his, I think, three, four, three, three. So, you know, it's, it's it's just been, and obviously a, a global pandemic in, in that time as well. It, it seems so bizarre now that, you know, we, we've spent 50 million on them and, and we've got so little out of them. You know, and it's just not what we, and not through any real fault of our own because they both do seem to have talent and it would just be great for everyone, you know. And I, like, I hate that saying as well, like in you sign them, but both of them could potentially, you know, he is still a 27 million striker. Jabaman's still a 25 million midfielder. If they could come good, it would, I just feel like we've been really unlucky with a few signings and, and, and them two are, are right up there for, for obvious reasons. And if they could come good under Rafa, it would just give everyone such a boost because it'd be two brand new players in the squad that we haven't saw saw the best of. I think we're keen. He'd maybe just need to, I don't know, if for whatever reason he got a chance in the Southampton game and came on and scored the winner or something. It could just be one of those things where just needs that little slice of luck to to kind of get him up and running, similar to Calvert-Lewin in the Chelsea game when Ferguson was interim manager. He scored those couple of goals, didn't he? And one went in off like the bottom of his shin. Yeah. And from there, he was he was unstoppable. So, yeah, as Prano said, fingers crossed, you know, be be hopeful about them and and let's see if he could come good. But definitely hopeful about Jabamon if he, if he stays free from injury. And if Keane stays, I think it'll be an exciting time to see if he can live up to the potential yeah interesting times i just worry uh, as, as alluded to whether the defensive element of what rafa for want from uh, certain players may scupper that you know Keane's chances and i, I strongly suspect it would uh, scupper james's chances but um adam let's move on to the to sort of the big winners of pre-season who do you think has really caught benitez's eye <laughs> It, I mean, it seems obvious, but you've got you've got to say to Marty Gray, really, haven't you? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think many many people expected loads from him. You know, as, as a two million euro signing from Bayer Leverkusen, obviously he had such potential when he was playing uh, for Leicester, but you know, kind of fell off the boil a little bit towards the end of his Leicester career. You know, had a few months in Germany where you know comp- competition's absolutely fierce in that Bayer Leverkusen team on on the wings, so. You know, you can maybe forgive him for not getting into that team. But uh, he, he seems to have just hit the ground running, really, does it, doesn't he? You know, he only joined uh, on Thursday. He was in the team by Sunday, scoring, scoring a penalty, playing through the middle, really impressed, playing through the middle as well. And then when we saw him on Wednesday as well, started out on the right wing and I thought he looked really good when out of possession, when he started on the right flank because he was, you know, chasing down. Those Pumas players, I didn't think they they started the game very well. They looked a, a little bit nervy, and Damari Gray took advantage of that, really closing them down very well, forcing them into errors. But then, obviously, when he moved over to the left flank, you know, a couple of minutes later, he'd set up Keane for that goal. He showed an amazing amount of you know pace and desire to get that long ball that looked you know for all the world like it was going out of play. Managed to keep that in, and then won us a free kick in a dangerous position just outside the box as well. So, you know, it's little moments like that that you just think to yourself, this, this is exactly what Everton have been missing. Out wide, somebody who's got the pace to maybe get beyond the striker, you know, whenever the striker dropped back to, you know, hold the ball up or look for possession or something like that. You know, you know the pace to get in behind, you know, it's it's something that we've just, we've not really had. You know, Richarlison offers it sometimes, but, you know, he's not very consistent in doing that, I don't think, because he 
drifts inside looking for possession as well. You know, Gray seems you know hell bent on I'm gonna I'm gonna take players on. I'm gonna get in behind them. I'm gonna force defenders into positions that they don't want to be in, which is you know exactly what Everton have really wanted from their wingers. So you know, for him to be, again, you know, it's preseason. The opponents we play, blah blah blah. I get it. But for him to be showing those signs this early on in his Everton career, you know, he's you know he's only just been here a week, hasn't he? <laughs> and you know, to have impressed Everton fans so much in essentially you know ninety minutes worth of football, I think that's that's really good. It's a, it's a it's a really strong platform for him to build on, and I just hope that he can continue that progression uh, when the season starts now. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Logan Quinn is, is messaging in, uh, in terms of uh, players who've impressed. He's been impressed by Anthony Gordon and, and has said, what do you think will happen to Gordon this season? I think he's done so well so far in a couple of games. My hunch, Preno, is it will depend on the club bringing in another winger, McNeil, or not, whether or not he's allowed to go out on loan. I think so. I think it'd be a late decision with, with Anthony. What would your hunch be in terms of what happens with Gordon this, uh, this summer? I mean, Logan's right. He has been bright in, uh, in, the, in the games he's played, uh, especially you know the latest match. But what goes against him is the fact that you know the manager has already brought in two players that can play in the wide positions. Um, so it suggests that you know he wants to go with you know what he knows and what he's comfortable with. And like probably a number of you know so Everton managers that Andy Gordon's had the misfortune to work under so far, he wants to see just a little bit more. I don't know. I mean, um, my hunch probably would be, yes, he, he would go out on loan again, you know, sort of try and develop. Uh, maybe not quite ready for sustained Premier League exposure just yet, but certainly promising enough, uh, you know, so not to be, you know, so doing a Benny Beningamy, you know, so moving him on somewhere else, you know, so actually keeping hold of him whilst he progresses. Uh, so, yeah, I suspect that would be my guess. Um, you know, as, as regards, you know, so the earlier question about who's, you know, impressed so far and, you know, who's got work to do pre-season, I mean, the obvious ones, you know, Jamari Gray's been an absolutely wonderful, you know, sort of revelation so far. Jabamin, you know, sort of cautiously, as he got through things very, very well. But Michael Keane, strangely as well, you know, seems to play more minutes than anybody else. And, uh, you know, again, could be like a, a, a big, every season's a big season for footballers these days, isn't it? But, you know, it's almost like he's developed now to the position whereby he's got this authority uh, within the squad. He is now one of the senior leaders in the squad, if you like. And I loved that phrase from Rafa after the first game, talking about leadership. And he says, uh, my Spanish coach tells me you can't just go and buy it from the fifth floor of John Lewis. <laughs> you need it to, to be, you know, so the Michael Keane, having started his Everton career, looking like, you know, so a little bit nervous on occasions and uh, struggling with his confidence, now looks to have blossomed a little bit. And, uh, you know, so certainly very early signs in this preseason that he's developing a sense of authority now. Uh, so, you know, so certainly that would be, you know, so a plus, but that's going to be a very, very competitive area of the team now, because, you know, as we said earlier, Ben Godfrey has been 
arguably the signing of last season, comfortably one of the players of last season. And uh, he should be playing at centre-back, not in the full-back positions. And then you've got Yerry Mina, of course, who you know, so is also very, very talented. So a lot of uh, you know, sort of battling for positions there, which is good to see. But yeah, Michael Keane has like, quietly impressed me as well. So as it stands, Preno, Godfrey and Keane getting your nod for Southampton? I think so, yeah. Uh, purely on the basis that you know, Yerry Mina will have come back to training later. Um, you know, we haven't seen too much of him. Um, we don't know what his fitness levels are like. Um, you know, so the counter, of course, is to you know, so who hasn't impressed? And uh, Hammers has barely done, you know, so nothing so far. As he, you know, for a fellow who's got that much quality, who I adore, I, I love watching him, but I've not seen him do anything. A couple of crossfield passes, and that's about it, really. I'm sorry, one close range shot that you know, great save, but you know, so maybe should have done a bit better with. Um, but you know, I don't know, maybe it's just you know, because it's pre season, he doesn't actually flourish until you know, so the, the real McCoy. Is out there, but I want to see him play at Goodison Park on the opening day in front of a crowd. You know, forty odd thousand Evertonians letting him know how much they appreciate the footballer of his quality. But to actually be in that starting lineup, he's got to do a little bit more. So he's got to sparkle at Old Trafford next weekend. Mm, indeed, Sam, who, who's impressed the manager from your point of view, and who who's got work to? And we haven't mentioned Begovic. I mean, I know he won't start the opening day of the season in, in all likelihood, but you know, as as we've said, you know. It's a really important position, the backup goalkeeper, because we saw what Olsen did last season to get the best out of Pickford. So, you know, Begovic has made a good start as well, hasn't he? Yeah, I think I was quite surprised, really, when if the rumours about Begovic coming to Everton first broke on social media. And there's quite a few fans who, who didn't seem too happy with it, but I think he's great. I've always liked him since, weirdly... Um, we ran a piece this week, didn't we, with his uh, with his wife, which is a, a great read. If no, if no people haven't read it, Jelly the Horse. What, what a he he's impressed me to be fair as well. <laughs> Jelly the Horse, massive winner of preseason. Um, but you know, do a job it, on the wing mad. quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad now thinking back that he was a Portsmouth in two thousand and seven. You know, he's he's thirty five. He was a really young keeper, wasn't he, when he first came through and. You know, it is interesting when you think he's been at Chelsea, you know, he's been involved in big games there. He's worked with Zlatan Ibrahimovic and Gianluigi Donnarumma as, as recently as last season. You know, he's even had a taste of, uh, of I think, European football with, with Karabakh. Uh, you know, so he, he's well he's well journeyed. He'll have worked with a lot of goalkeepers and I think he's that pit. He, he's pretty much what Olsen was. You know, he's a great blend of a high-quality international goalkeeper, but also someone who I think could impart knowledge, not only on Pickford, you know, who's a, an outstanding goalkeeper himself, as he's, you know, very credibly shown in the last six months after, you know, what was pretty much non-stop 18 months of pressure and scrutiny and things which were, were, were difficult, some things out of his control too, I suppose. But, you know, we've also got... Uh, a good a good group of goalkeepers coming through. You know, for anyone who watches the under 18s and the 23s, Harry Tyler, you know, been very impressive. And I know that uh, Alan Kelly thinks very highly of him, as he does Joe Virginia. The under 18s last season, Zanluck Laban uh, in the FA Youth Cup run was sensational. He had two really good games against Man City and Chelsea. So, you know, the goalkeepers quite often work together. And when there's international breaks, these young lads step up. So there's a real chance there for Begovic to play a a really important role. We spoke to uh, Carlo Nash last season about his time at Everton and, and, and kind of spoke to him about that role. And he did say, you know, that it's a different mentality, of course. You know, you're not coming in and lacing your boots up and thinking, 
right, if I put a show on and train today, I might get a game. You know, you've got to accept, haven't you? Especially with the form Pickford is in. Um, that he might be limited to cup games and filling in when Pickford hopefully doesn't happen, but if he gets injured. But at the same time, he, he can push him on. He can push all the players on the round. I mean, he's an experienced lad. He can take all the young players under his wing. So, yeah, I'm happy with that signing. I think all the names for, you know, who have impressed, who haven't impressed that we've we've said pretty much uh, spot on. I think the interesting one for me now is the, the young players and what's going to happen there. You know, Lewis Gibson's played a decent part in pre-season. There's a decision to be made there. You know, there's Ellis Sims, there's Jared Brantwaite, who are both coming back from injuries. Decisions to be made there. It'll be really interesting to see because at one time or the other, they've all been really highly rated players coming through the system. Um, so I, I would hope that we, we we saw some good loan moves. You know, it was another mixed season at Everton last season for loans. You know, Sims, for example, went really well. Anthony Gordon's on the other hand didn't. But, you know, there's just five players off the bat that we need to see what happens there. And then you've got, you know, your Broadheads, Virginia, Harry Tider, all players, Kyle John, all players who've, been in America and and we need to kind of see what, what happens there. So it's going to be a really exciting end to the transfer window, both incoming, outgoing and, and the loan deals too. Sam, just quickly, uh, we had a message there from James. Uh, just just a one-word answer then. Uh, can you see any under-23 players making it through this season? Just give me one name and we will do a pod, I think, before the season starts about the uh, 23s. But just give me one name of a player who might push through this season. Charlie. Charlie Whitaker. Definitely. Definitely want yeah. to watch. Been in the States, hasn't he? And, and highly rated. Um, okay, uh, just over a month to go until the window shuts. It's come around very quickly, hasn't it? It's uh, remarkable, really. A month to go, uh, August the 31st, 11pm, the window shuts. Add three players in so far, all for less than two million quid, two free transfers, and then Damari Gray, release course triggered. What do the club still need to do in terms of incomings uh, in the next four weeks? Incomings, I think, right back is an absolute must. You know, I think, well, we've been looking for a long-term replacement for Seamus Coleman for a, a good few years now. And obviously, we came into this summer thinking that this summer was going to be the perfect time to be able to do that. Uh, after the Carlo situation and you know the delay that we've had in starting uh, this transfer window, you know, it's kind of thrown that into a little bit of doubt, hasn't it? I know Phil, the, the it's it's just I don't I, I don't know. I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough, isn't it, to to uh, to see a long term right back coming in this window for you know for all the talk that we've had about Denzel Dumfries. I know Phil, as you've said, his name keeps getting discussed between Brands and Benitez, but you know it, at the minute it just doesn't look like uh, that's gonna get off the ground any more than it currently is. So. You know, you'd be looking. You'd be looking elsewhere. You look for a short-term option for for this season. Perhaps somebody coming in on loan, and then have a look at it again uh, next summer. I, th- I think, regardless, we we do we do just need cover there because you know, obviously, John Joe Kenny's situation is very much that. Yeah, I think he's going to be looking for senior football, really, isn't he? You know, he's going to want to be playing week in, week out, especially after doing that at Celtic last season. So, you know, you presume he's going to be looking for. A move away and then you know Everton are left with Seamus Coleman you know Mason Holgate would probably be the backup right back in that situation and then you know you've got young lads perhaps like Kyle John who could who could yeah. step up I, I would actually quite like to see Kyle John step up for a couple of games next season but I, I, I do think that a, you know a senior right back 
has to be the main priority. But then it's 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 like Connor was saying in the last in the last podcast that we did. It really depends elsewhere on you know who's going to be leaving the club. If Moiskeen leaves, then I think we certainly need a backup striker. I think you know if we were to you know perhaps offload Gomez or Elf or you know potentially both, then I think we'd certainly need some sort of cover in central midfield. Uh, depending on the situation, even at left back, you know if Niels and Kunku perhaps was to leave on loan. Thierry Small's future is very much up in the air as well, isn't it? Are we going to need you know, so, you know, a, a left-back perhaps to come in and challenge Luka D, even if, it, even if it's again you know, just a short-term thing for this season? You know, Maybe that would be uh, on the agenda, but I think right-back from from now until the end of the summer, right-back has to be a priority, to be honest, because that, that just is calling out to me as the position that Everton just uh, are lacking bodies in at the minute. And... Uh, yeah, I think some a quality right back addition certainly is is what Everton need. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I don't know what, what what's going to happen in terms of uh, incomings between now and uh, August the thirty first. Much depends, as Adam said, on uh, who we can move on, you know, so just to free up the finances uh, to allow, you know, so a greater quality. I mean, the players that have come in so far cost nothing effectively. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be a little bit of, you know, sort of toing and froing at the moment. Uh, a right back, obviously, is absolutely crucial. Uh, you know, so Seamus Coleman, wonderful servant there he is, and obviously, you know, just signed a new deal. Uh, but he's had his injury issues over the last few years and uh, you wouldn't be you know, massively confident that he's going to be seeing through like a, a full season. So you do need you know, somebody with a bit, of, a bit of pace and a bit of energy you know, sort of down that side. And that's probably got you know, sort of where the majority of the, uh, the funds are going to be you know, sort of spent. And I, th- I think up front, I mean, Calvert-Lewin carried so much responsibility on his shoulders last season. And I know Richarlison can also play centrally if required. And we now have players that can fill in in the wider areas. And again, it all depends a lot on Moise Keane's future and whether PSG continue to play straight bat and, you know, so refuse to, you know, fork out a decent fee for him. Uh, but the priority at the moment has to be right back. That has to be sorted. I saw somebody earlier, you know, sort of mentioning about, um, you know, Ben Godfrey as being a possible solution uh, to that issue. Uh, and he has played there before, but, you know, he, doesn't look entirely comfortable for me. Good defensively, not that great going forward. And, um, you know, so a fullback nowadays is such a specialist position. Uh, you know, Luca Dean is absolutely magnificent on that side. And we need somebody of similar quality and attributes on the other side. And they are the kind of like fullbacks, you know, the club has been looking at. So I think that's got to be sorted out as a matter of urgency. But it's going to be weird, isn't it? Because, the, you know, the transfer window doesn't close until after we played a couple of games. So we are going to start the season, you know, with, with a starting eleven that arguably won't, you know, sort of see us through into September. You know, Richarlison will come into the uh, the squad later. So things are going to be quite uh, fluid, you know, so as the season as the season kicks on. So, you know, don't be getting too wound up if we haven't got a right back on board for the opening day against Southampton. We know our social media is like people will be, you know, so they'll be uh, getting very, very angry about it. But yeah, there's a lot to happen between now and then. You need to be quite restrained, quite sensible, you know, sort of very, very level-headed. Unfortunately, we've got people, you know, sort of in the positions that influence the transfer markets at Emerson with those kind of qualities. Yes, I suspect it'll be a busy couple of weeks. Um, Sam, I mean, we've mentioned Richardson a couple of times and, and of course, we, we all hope he comes back from the Olympics and, and he's still an Everton player um, once the window closes. But the, this Real Madrid thing just won't go away. 
Carla obviously really likes the player. Um, how confident are you that that Richardson will still be uh, still be a blue uh, come one minute past eleven on uh, August the thirty first? It's a weird one, isn't it? In that when you kind of just see it, it just seems one of those rumours where it's very much you know Spanish press. You know, Carlos worked with him, obviously liked him, two and two together. But the more you think about it, the, the more worrying it is just in that, you know, for a, a young South American lad who, who kind of have started from the very bottom and, and made it all the way to the Premier League. And, you know, you can tell with the way Richarlison has talked about both clubs, all the managers he's worked with, including Marco Silva. He's very respectful and he, he's very appreciative I think of the opportunity as well as knowing you know he's a very talented player and knows his own worth and I just think that if Real Madrid did come calling I, I think there would be no way of especially you know Real Madrid and Ancelotti someone who was very much a mentor figure to him when he probably needed it as well you know he didn't score a goal at Watford after Silva left but Ancelotti kind of took him under his wing didn't he and at times in that first season got got some really good form out of him and a little purple patch just after Christmas as well in the previous campaign. So, yeah, it, it would be tough, but I think it's one of those where the, the ball's in our court, isn't it? You know, he's, he's on a he's on a decent contract. If anyone wants to come and sign him, sign him, come and pay the money. I think it probably be looking at, what, around 100 million, something like that. I've seen a report this week saying 77 million, but I think that would be far too far too cheap. What, what are we getting for? 35, around, around a 35 yeah. mark. So... I'd won over at least over 85 million, I think, for a player who, you know, has got everything. You know, he's got the weight. He's not just, you know, an attacking talent. He's got the weight rate. He puts his body on the line. He scores goals. He's a great finisher. So it is a little bit of a worrying one. And it's something we spoke about on the last, the last podcast that, you know, it doesn't kind of seem like a deal that's going to be getting done anytime soon. It would very much be one that could take you by surprise with two days left in the window. And then you're like, well, that's oh, the key, isn't it? That's we've sold Charles, we've sold Keane, we've sold Hammers. Who, who are we going to get to replace him? You know, that, that would worry me. But the only slight factor is that, you know, it's been well documented this summer, hasn't it, that the Spanish teams are struggling a little bit financially. So whether it would be logical this summer, I don't know. If he goes and scores 10 or 15 goals this season, was I expect him to be an Everton player next summer? No. I think that's probably going to be the bottom line, isn't it? I do wonder whether... Oh, 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 sorry, I've got... I, I was just going to say, I do wonder whether Everton's Olympic situation with Richarlison was Everton playing the game a little bit, as it were. You know, Richarlison was quite clearly adamant that he wanted to go to this tournament, even if it was going to be of a little bit of a detriment to Everton. You do wonder with, you know, a new manager coming in, they, they've maybe just like had a word with Richarlison and said, listen, we'll let you go. But, you know, we know there's going to be transfer rumours about you this season. How about, how about you here? Uh, how about you stay with us for a little bit longer and, you know, this is this is the trade-off. So I, I do wonder whether a bit of that has, has somehow taken place because otherwise I just don't, I don't really understand why I've let him go, to, to be quite frank. If you, you know, if you've let him go to keep him happy, what's the point of keeping him happy if he was, if he's going to leave this summer anyway? Yeah. So I, I, I do wonder if a bit of that's gone on. Yeah, it's a strange situation. I mean, I was just going to say what, what Sam said there just, just concerned me a little bit about uh, Richarlison. He's absolutely right. You know, so he does tend to be a, a player that likes to have an arm put around his shoulder and does like to be, you know, so made to feel like he's like so absolutely vital and, you know, the centre of attention. He had a great relationship with Marco Silva. And as you say, you know, so things just like died for him at Watford, you know, Marco Silva left. 
And then uh, likewise, Carlo Ancelotti, you know, so embraced him, you know, so very, very positively. And Rafa Benitez, as we know, isn't that kind of manager. He's not a manager who puts an arm around players, you know, so you know, the Liverpool players all made that point. They all, you know, respected him enormously as a coach. Uh, but, you know, so Steven Gerrard especially, you know, so felt that, you know, he wanted a little bit more, uh, more from him in terms of personality, you know, made to feel like he was uh, more important. So, is he is Rafa going to change his ways, you know, so to embrace Richarlison? I don't know. Is Richarlison going to have to suddenly, you know, so grow a little bit, you know, so and prove that he can, you know, so he can operate and be successful without that arm around his shoulder? Interesting times ahead regarding uh, Richarlison, but then again, so that's uh, the kind of player he is. There's always stories about him. Indeed, indeed. Okay, chaps, we will leave it there. We could talk for hours, couldn't we? But uh, plenty to uh, get our teeth stick stuck into, certainly for the next month while the transfer window is open and we'll be back next week. And thanks for your questions. Keep them coming in and we maybe should organise a, a Q&A special at some point in the next few weeks as well because I know you, you guys have a lot of questions and hopefully we can uh, we can do our best to answer them. Uh, Prano Adam, Sam, thanks very much for your company. Excellent as always. And thank you very much for listening. This has been the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.